Welcome to the Farm Commons Podcast, where we make farm law accessible and actionable for sustainable farmers and ranchers, as well as their networks of support. I'm Eva. And I'm Kate. In each episode, we explore real legal issues faced on farms every day, providing key knowledge and tangible solutions to help you grow a thriving agricultural business. From managing liability to navigating tough conversations with landlords and neighbors, we've got your back. Let's get started. Hey, Kate. Hey, Eva. Today, I want to start us off with a story from my days running a farm. A common question that would come up during lulls at the farmer's market and over potlucks would be, how are you paying yourself? And I remember chatting with a peer of mine who was also a CSA farmer, and she said to me, uh, more really than asking me, even though it was a question technically, she said, you're an LLC too, so you're doing an owner's draw, right? And in that moment, I did feel a connection there in her seeking validation, and I felt that validation too when I said, yep, that's what I do. And she responded, with relief almost. Okay, good. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love that story. And just like such a be- um, tiny but beautiful moment of solidarity among business owners there, um, especially with a question like, how are you paying yourself? Which, yeah, might might feel really obvious and it could be hard to ask. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing how to pay yourself as a business owner can feel like one of those, you know, shouldn't I know how to do this if I'm running a business kind of questions? Uh, but in reality, it's a question that many farmers and ranchers have and they don't have a clear answer to. So that's what we're going to cover today, the basics of what business owners need to know about how to pay themselves on the farm or ranch. Awesome. Rachel, are you coming in to help with this one? Oh, of course. So here I am. <laughs> hey, everybody. Rachel Armstrong, the executive director at Farm Commons. Welcome back, Rachel. As I mentioned, I am generally familiar with the options business owners have when it comes to paying themselves. There are two ways owners can get paid, uh, and that is the owner's draw, which is what I used when I was farming, and a salary. So can you flush out those two payment methods for us, adding in, you know, that classic legal background? Well, you know, I can be relied on that for the classic legal background. <laughs> so uh, so let's do it. Sure. I'll give you a quick description of each one. Um, but note that sometimes, you know, certain business owners have to use either or based on their business structure. Um, and there's tax implications and all, all that good stuff. So, you know, we've got some time together. We will we will work through the details. So let's start with the owner's draw since it might need the most explanation. An owner's draw refers to a business owner taking funds out of the business for personal use. So literally, this can mean like going to the ATM and withdrawing from the checking. Or, you know, maybe you just write yourself a check. Or even you don't take that step, you just pay for something that's completely personal um, with a business card. Um, It's a really flexible mechanism for paying uh, oneself. You know, the business owner takes out the funds when they feel they need it. And that's pretty easy, especially if you are the only owner. You know, if you've got a business partner, then 
probably some more discussions are needed to avoid conflict about who's taking money and when. Uh, but the basic pro here is that this is quickly and easily adjusted based on how the business is doing and the owner's individual and changing needs. So rather than pay yourself a set amount at a regular interval, more like how wages work, your compensation can fluctuate depending on how your business is performing. And, you know, it's also worth mentioning the flip side. If you take money out of your business, well, that's what you're doing, taking money out of your business. And so in accounting terms, it means you're reducing the business's equity or the funds that are available for future business spending and all that good stuff. Hmm. Okay, so I guess that even though owner's draw is very flexible, there is a pretty obvious limitation to it, which is that you don't want to take out so much owner's draw that your business is unable to function. Exactly. You know, ensuring that there's enough funds in the business to pay bills and make payments on loans, you know, of course, that is a, a best practice, both to keep operating and for your legal resilience. So, you know, in legal terms, we tend to call this capitalization, ensuring that the business is adequately capitalized so that you can meet your obligations. Hmm. And I think most folks will get that. So let's assume most people are keeping enough in the bank to run the business. They don't want to go out of business. They just want to get paid. How do you pay yourself through an owner's draw without taking too much? Something tells me that the line is not as clear as we might think, and it will look different from one person to the next. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every every business is different. And the, the best answer is to use what's called a cash flow budget to help chart you know, your some accurate expectations for when money is going to be available to you personally in the natural course of your business. Now, um, understanding your cash flow and setting a budget for that is an accounting skill that a lot of new farmers might not have access to, or that they don't know it, um, or um, aren't prepared to pay for it. Um, and it's also worth recognizing that at this point, we're talking about something that is as emotional as it is technical. In the course of deciding when and how to pay themselves, business owners can, you know, they run into anxiety about whether they should be taking money for personal use versus, you know, reinvesting it in their business or saving it for a rainy day. There's some tough decisions involved. Yeah, good point about the emotional and technical components of this particular question. Um, and I think we can talk about those later. I hope we can. Uh, but let's recap quickly for listeners. So owner's draw means taking funds from your business for personal use. And the other way business owners can pay themselves is via salary, right? Totally. Yep. Folks are probably familiar with how salary works. Salaries are paid to employees. So first, you become an employee of your business. You complete that uh, that you know Form W four, elect your exemptions, and you know then there's the part about opening your tax accounts with the IRS, like for um, you know withholding and um, and those other things. So we also have to do some of that with state agencies. There's paperwork, but you know how it is. Then you are ready to set your compensation and set up your paychecks. So. Paying yourself with a salary doesn't really do much to resolve the complexities of how much exactly to pay yourself and how to ensure that the money is there each paycheck to pay yourself. So the difficulty of managing cash flow on the farm doesn't change just because you pay yourself by a salary, of course. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So 
If we still have the same tough decisions about how much to pay ourselves, then what's the benefit of, of choosing to pay myself with salary? Why would I why would I go with that option? Well, the honest answer is that you might have to. Um, if you're taxed as an S corporation, then you need to pay yourself at, with a salary. Um, but beyond that, there really isn't a bright star at the top of this option column that says salary is better than an owner's draw. They're different. Um, and as the employee of the business, I automatically have my taxes withheld and, I, and that's remitted you know, through my paycheck. So that's kind of nice. And you know, also with salary, the business itself owes its share of Medicare and Social Security taxes instead of that responsibility falling entirely to the owner to pay it all themselves in the form of self-employment taxes. But let's be honest, is, is, is it meaningful that the business pays half the Medicare and Social Security? I mean, kind of, because that is a tax deductible expense, so it can help us manage our, our profit and our tax liability. But Sometimes farms are not on track to generate a profit in the first place. And when we start talking about taxes, we're talking about a lot of different issues. There are many tools out there to manage our total tax liability, and they all need to be taken in context. So we're, we're back to that no easy answers um, result here. I was, I was thinking that it might be helpful to get paid a salary because then compensation would be regular and stable you know, like a paycheck every other week, wouldn't that be an advantage? Sure, we can think of salary that way, but but an owner's draw can also be regular and stable if we set it up that way. And conversely, a salary can always be disrupted if the money isn't there. So businesses certainly do run into that situations where there isn't money to, to make payroll. Hmm. Yeah, Rachel, and so I feel like I need to call something out here. Uh, I feel like we're not really closer to an answer. You know, I was paying myself via owner's draw, but I don't have any more information now about whether that was, you know, the good the good and right choice for my business. Can you help us get to the punchline here? You know, what is better? Is there one that's better, owner's draw or salary? You're right, Eva, and I'm really glad that you you called that out. These options are different. They aren't clearly better or worse. Um, especially in terms of um, of how they how they get on our books, they are different. Um, you know, with salary, the business pays its share of payroll taxes, and taxes and wages paid are a deductible business expense. With an owner's draw, all payroll taxes are paid by the owner at intervals in the year, and the draw itself is not a tax deductible ex expense. But the owner may be able to take a tax credit for some of those monies, and that all depends. The bottom line is really if a person wants to optimize their tax outcome, they've got to get into the details, and that usually requires working with a professional. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that comprehensive support sounds like it would be, you know, just so important to have the infrastructure to support that option. And on my small farm, that just was not an option. I didn't have the resources at the time for consistent, long-term professional advice, just working with someone here and there. Um, and I'm and I'm also not sure if that would have helped because I didn't have a budget or even the cash flow at that point. I had only been farming for three years at most, um, and so I couldn't necessarily depend upon cash flow to make careful decisions because it was just constantly fluctuating. Totally, I hear you. 
And, you know, in that case, like yours, an earner's draw is a great choice. You can kind of feel into what you need and what's possible based on how things seem to be going. It's not wrong, for sure. Um, and as a business gains some stable markets and predictable sales, we can move towards budgets and cash flow predictions that are going to help us optimize our tax outcomes. Gotta love that optimization. It's a good goal. But I also want to point out that I was an LLC although taxed as a sole proprietorship. So wasn't my decision in in a way made for me? Like I had to do an owner's draw, right? Yeah, so let's dive into that. Definitely, your business structure may limit you to one of the payment methods. And to make a choice to change your payment methods, you might need to change your business structure or tax structure. And I'll jump in here. For folks who don't know what we mean by business structure, we are talking about the legal entity that holds a business, like an LLC or a corporation. And if you need more context about that, head over to episode 41, which is called Choosing a Business Structure Together. Thank you. Great point. Great point. So here's a quick rundown of which payment method is available to business owners with some of the more popular business structures. If you have a sole proprietorship, you do owner's draw. If you have a partnership, you do owner's draw. There's just more than one of you doing it. With an LLC, you do an owner's draw if you're taxed as a sole proprietorship or a partnership, which is the default position. But you pay yourself a salary if you're taxed as an S corporation, which is, an, is, is, a, is a decision you make and a piece of paperwork that you file to do that. And then if you're formed as, uh, as a corporation and you file under subchapter S, salary, and um, you pay yourself through salary, and you can also make distributions. Now, I said that word distributions, we didn't even talk about that yet, but but stick with me. I'm also gonna mention before we get too much farther that if you're a person without documentation, the process of hiring yourself and receiving a, a salary can be more fraught. And so an owner's draw might be the right choice. So there's more to know about how each of these payment options work for each business structure, but we're gonna keep it lean. You know, we're not accountants actually. So that said, I'm gonna make a, a quick note about taxes. And you know that was the determining factor that Eva listed in deciding how to get paid. With salary, taxes are taken out automatically per paycheck in an attempt to you know, remit to the government as the year progresses. That way you don't owe this big lump of money you know, at the end of the tax year. And that's helpful for business planning purposes. If you're taking an owner's draw, taxes are not withheld at the time that you take a draw. So, you know, you will owe the government that sum of money, um, either at intervals or at the very end of the year. And you're going to need to prepare for that so that you have that pile of money ready to hand over to the IRS. Eesh. Yeah, that's really good to know up front. Um, Eva, what was your strategy for mentally preparing for tax season as someone who used owner's draw? I appreciate that question. It definitely took some brain power to get ready for <laughs> tax season. Uh, I will say I was very lucky and was able to work with a CSA member who was also an accountant. And one tip she gave me was to be consistent. She told me to aim to take the same amount of money out when I made an owner's draw, something specific like, let's say, you know, 87.55, just for specificity purposes. And that was uh, that way, if I did that, I would be able to easily recognize it on my statements and account for it accurately. 
And then with tax time, um, you know, some people might think, hey, can we really be mentally prepared for tax season? You know, do we have a choice here? <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, there is a choice and we can be mentally prepared. And I think we can do that by having an awareness of the moving parts. And that's really what worked for me, keeping in mind that not only would I have to pay taxes on any profit from the farm business reported on that good old Schedule F, but I'd also have to re record my owner's draws as self-employment income, which goes on the Schedule SE. And that is how I paid the IRS, my Social Security, and Medicare taxes, making sure to cover those bases. So keeping those two things in mind really helped me to stay focused and just like know that I would have those two pots of taxes to account for. And that that knowing helped me minimize anxiety when it came to, to tax time because I had a plan, essentially. I like that. That's really helpful. There's a number of ways to go about it. And, you know, each business owner can come up with a record keeping and tax preparation plan, um, ideally with an accountant that knows their situation pretty well. And that can cost money, though, for that expertise. And another strategy is to try to keep enough in your bank account that you can pay the taxes you'll owe on the money that you receive from your business. Mm. Yeah, thank you both for, for sharing that. Uh, I wanted to move along here to another determining factor for how and when business owners pay themselves, which is, as we just touched on, the capital needs of the business. And as we mentioned earlier, this one feels like maybe the most emotionally fraught um, factor in making this decision. And uh, making that decision to take money away from your business for personal needs is, of course, necessary for a business owner's well-being. But I imagine every time it happens, it could feel like taking a step backwards. Absolutely. I, I do feel it's both empowering and difficult to pay yourself adequately, for sure. And I, I'm going to continue to lean on the experience in the room, but uh, Eva and Rachel, you've both owned businesses in the past. And I'm curious, just for a snapshot, how did you navigate figuring out, how did you navigate figuring out when and how much to pay yourself? Yeah, for me, my owner's draw was shaped pretty neatly around survival. Uh, my social life at the time was so wrapped up into the farm and it was just me at the time, no spouse, no kids. So my survival needs were pretty simple, limited to, you know, eating, uh, rent for my housing, personal transportation costs. And at that point in my life, several bridesmaid dresses for all of my friends who decided to get married in the three years I also farmed. Well, um, brutal time to be farming. Yeah. <laughs> Very celebratory, but yeah, a little bit hard on the farm The farm budget. Um, otherwise, <laughs> I reinvested everything into growing the farm business. Sounds good. Free, free budget tip from Eva, avoid being a bridesmaid, right? <laughs> if you can do it. <laughs> Now, folks probably don't know, I actually operated a catering business way back in the day. I was just out of college, and I waited tables in the evening, which was really where my money came from. So I did not depend on catering for my for my income. I just took what was left after expenses were paid and, uh, you know, plopped it on the tax return at the end of the year. I don't think at the time that I even thought of, like, knew the word owner's draw, but 
I, I did, I had worked enough to know that the IRS was going to expect their share of whatever I pulled in. So being the sole owner, I think really makes it, makes it easier. Um, you know, I could ignore the situation and then pay attention to it at my, at my leisure. And it gets a lot more complicated when we have two folks. Well, pretty much anytime two people need to agree on something, I'd say things can probably get complicated, right? Yes, very true. And I do want to dig into that a little bit more. So let's try this out with an example. We have, let's say that we have Renee and Justin. They are co-owners of a farm business. Can both Renee and Justin take owner's draws for themselves? What are the rules there with more than one owner? If we were on a game show, that was my buzzer. (laughs) My turn to answer. Uh, You take it, Eva. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The rules, I would say, should be in their partnership agreement, operating agreement, right? For for this whole, maybe they're an LLC. Uh, They need to talk about this and decide for themselves when they can and can't take out an owner's draw and then memorialize it in their partnership agreement, operating agreement depending on what they are, uh, organized as. And the law probably has some backup principles that it will apply if they don't have that agreement. And if something happens and they end up in court arguing about it, um, but let's not let that happen, right? So this is actually a great opportunity for business partners to use their creative power to create structure around the owner's draw that truly works for them by having a conversation about what their needs and goals are financially from the business and then putting that in writing. Um, so if they're a partnership, you write that into your partnership agreement. If you're an LLC, write that into your operating agreement. Corporation, you got your bylaws. And so for example, I knew one farmer who structured owner's draw like timesheets. You know, you punch in and out and are entitled to owner's draw based on the amount of time that you put into work in a given period, assuming, of course, that the business was meeting its budget goals and, like Rachel was talking about early in our conversation, making sure the business is adequately capitalized. Mm. Yeah, I love that um, that timesheet example. That actually really helps make it concrete for me, like how you could structure owner's draw in a way that works for you. And speaking of structuring things in the way that works for you, we've brought it back to creative power, which of course is a tenant here at uh, at Farm Commons that people have the ability, business owners have the ability to create agreements and codify those you know, in written form um, that best support their legal resilience and their unique situation. So yeah, thanks for bringing that in, Eva. I love that. Um, yeah, and I absolutely agree that compensation via owner's draw or salary is absolutely something that business partners should discuss, agree upon a process, and record in their uh, written agreements in the form of their governance documents. And that sounds like a powerful, potentially difficult conversation. Do you have any tips on how folks can begin having that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that we dig into in our Discovering Resilience workshop uh, that we put on for producers all around the country every spring and winter. Um, So be sure to check that out on our website. If you are interested in joining us, we would love to have you. 
And so for now, I can pose some questions for folks to consider. So if this is a conversation that you need to have with a business partner or even with yourself, you know, how, how are we getting paid? How, how am I paying myself? Um, here are the questions to answer. If you got a pen and paper handy, this is super helpful to write down. The first is, what are the most important factors to us for compensating ourselves? Is it, you know, business operating costs, owners, ownership percentages, or some other values? And the second question is, how often do we need to get paid? And the third, how do we adjust our compensation if the business is struggling? And the fourth and final one, how do we adjust our compensation if the business is doing well? Mm. Thank you for those, Eva. Yeah, I can see those leading to some good conversations about people's shared understanding of the values that they're working from um, and, you know, just what they what they need for their lives. So those questions and the tip of adding structure to the owner's draw is applicable to sole proprietors as well. And I hope anybody listening really takes the time to, to sit with them um, and think a little bit more about about getting paid and what it means to you and your business. We are at the end of our time here. Um, I just want to pose a general question to our listeners. Did you already know any or all of this information? Some of it, because if you did, you do have valuable insights to share. And I want to make sure that you are, uh, you know that and that you're helping to guide your agricultural community through this stuff. They need you and we need you too. So true. There are so many leaders out there who don't even know they have knowledge that could help fellow farmers and ranchers, but maybe that has been illuminated to you, our listener, that you do have knowledge on this to share. So if that's you, reach out if you want a way to help. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. Email us at info at farmcommons.org. That's I-N-F-O at farmcommons.org. Awesome. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Bye, folks. Bye. We're so glad you joined us for this episode of the Farm Commons podcast. If you are looking for more resources on your burning farm law questions, visit our website at farmcommons.org for a variety of workshops, guides, checklists, tutorials, and more. You can also email your questions and comments to info at farmcommons.org. Stay tuned for our next episode, and until then, keep growing. This work is supported by the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network, FERSAN, grant number 2021-7035-35372 and project accession number 1027099 from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this publication are those of the authors and should not be construed to represent any official USDA or U.S. government determination or policy.